0: The following show is being broadcasted from an undisclosed location. Two former special operators have combined their badassery and now sharing it with the world.
1: They ain't alive no more.
0: All with a beer and a smile. This is, is the Savage, Savage Actual, Podcast. Actual Podcast. And now your hosts, combat vets with 20 plus dollars deployments between the two of them and enough testosterone to operate the power grid of los angeles savage actual now your hosts jason and patrick
1: hey what's going on everybody this is patrick from savage actual and i am here with my uh partner in crime what's up
2: guys jason lilly here the other half of the show and uh today we got a pretty awesome guest goes by kicking mustang uh, aka James Bailey coming live from the UK. Uh, pretty pretty well known airsofter. He's our first air softer on the show and what a what a perfect guy to be the first on the show. So how you doing,
3: James? Mm. Mate, thanks very much guys. Thanks very much for having me on. It's um, humbling that two two very special individuals like yourself have invited uh, invited me on I'm just a guy who plays with toy guns, and you—you are guys who've done it for real. And uh, here I am talking to you guys, very um, humbled and grateful. You guys have had me on. Thank you. Hey, I'm humbled too, man. I mean, we're—we're
2: new to the airsoft scene, so it's uh, as my old uh, fitness coach used to say: "Check the ego, you know. Uh, Drop the weight, check the ego." So we got a lot to learn. I mean, I wish we could steal you, fly you to the states, and have us uh, fuck around with these guns because we—we open these guns up. And it's like, I visually on the outside, it looks super sexy. You open the gun up. I'm like, I have no idea what that fucking, that's a hopper. What the hell does that do, man? You know, we're, we're yeah. so, yeah. We're, we're so on the dark, dude, especially Patrick. the uh, What's that gun that you got, Patrick? Oh, uh,
1: I had uh, a Mark 48 that I had a, a, comp, a, a, some guys in Canada made like a, a, a you know, a 240, uh, uh, no excuse me it was like a saw version of the nsw's mark 48 and it's uh you know the, the the machine and it just didn't work great and i don't know if it was nothing against the guys it just i didn't the performance was not great it, that sounds I, it pretty common just, for an it gun, yeah. yeah it was very <laughs> yeah. difficult to get used to like they had a thing where i had to like activate the hopper or the feed in the drum before i pulled the trigger and the oh. it would just send all these bb's or whatever into the into the thing it was just it was a mess it was a mess
3: on the outside they look like the real thing and you guys probably pick them up and you go right i know what this does and then inside they've got yep. more they've they're, they're, they're related more to an rc car or a sewing machine yeah and an actual gun, yeah. unless you've got the gas blowback ones, or or maybe the bolt actions are perhaps some of the bolt action, the gas ones perhaps are a little bit closer, or well, the gas blowback pistol yeah. a little bit closer to the real thing. But generally, they're they're more related to an RC car than a, than a a real steel gun. I think
1: this podcast episode is sponsored by Iron Fire Brewing. Iron Fire Brewing is a community favorite that brews craft ale from the finest ingredients. Find them on Instagram at Iron Fire Brewing, or better yet, swing by their brewery on Zevo Drive in Temecula. Iron Fire Brewing, all killer, no filler.
2: I love that. I love that analogy so much. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, uh, across is, between yeah, an RC car and
1: sewing machine. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's, it's, it's
1: crazy because you look at uh, it and it's all there's all those plastic parts. And the the first event that Jason and I ever went to. We were just like, we had really not messed with our guns. We were lucky enough to have Novarich. When we started talking about Airsoft, they were just like, they reached out to us and they're like, You guys are awesome. We love your stuff. This guy, uh, Daniel Panetta, is that Panetta from Airsoft reached from Novarich reached out to us and sent us a bunch of stuff. We I did like again, I picked it up. I'm like, hey, I know how this works until I pulled the bolt back and look inside. I'm like, what the hell is that? And we're Mm -hmm. actually out on the field. And we had another kind of guy that's definitely getting a little bit. He's got a pretty good social presence. This guy uh, confirmed kill shot 420. I'm shooting and my BBs are going out. And I just see him going straight up like 50, 60 feet up in the air. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing doing? And he's like, oh, dude, (laughs) you got to adjust your hopper. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he like shows me, (laughs) opens the bolt and like rolls that little thing down. And they started going forward. I'm like. Ah, interesting. There okay,
3: there's, there's a there's a lot Confusing. to it. There is there is a skill. There's techniques and and skills you have to learn to to, to shoot airsoft guns straight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, so let's, man.
1: Let's go back a little bit. I'm assuming you have some sort of day job. What do you? What's your what's your uh, normal day job that you do? Or is this this is your job?
3: No, i I do this. I do this full time, mate. And um, this is what I do full time. Before I was before I did airsoft, I was a trader in the city. I used to trade, um, I was a self financed um, interest rate futures trader. And um, they called stirs. Um, so I did that until about twenty. My girlfriend just come in, wanted to get a bottle of wine off me. Come back with that wine, darling. Can you finish with it? Um, and I was I was a trade, trader in the city until about twenty ten, when I was caught up in a financial scandal. And, and being um, a bit stupid at the time, I kept all of my savings and profit i built up over the years in my trading account. And my best mate at the time, who was running the prop shop, who I cleared all my funds through. Had, um, used my funds to gamble on the falling stock market in two thousand and eight, um, and then they he and his business business partners used um, in um, collaboration with uh, with the bank. They were clear, we were clearing through. They covered up this black hole for about two years, and there was about half a million quid black hole. And by April, the, actually April the first, April Fool's Day, two thousand and ten, it was like my I was called into the office and. It was like, sorry, James, you've been closing, you, you pulled all your trades, your account's closed, you've got no margin. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, no, it's, it's all gone. Um, and then I spent next two years fighting a court battle um, to try and get it back, spent all of my um, reserves on, a, on tr- what should have been a fairly straightforward court battle to win, but I got t- tied up in litigation and lost everything. And never got it to court because I ran out of funds and you know what the legal system's like if you haven't got the funds to get something to court just that's it and so i was in a pretty sh- pretty low point in my life between 2012 2015 um, doctors diagnosed me with ptsd which i was like that's, that's nonsense and i said you know that's the sort of thing the military guys get when and they said no it's ptsd everything you knew everything that your life was based on it was just gone the rug pulled from under you people you trusted your lifestyle, um, friends." it it all gone Um, and then i focused on um through somebody who i met in the city who was helping me with the court case he introduced me to his uh, lawyer he he ran a hedge fund and he gave me a job working for the hedge fund and we discovered um one weekend at his son's birthday party they were having a nerf party some kids brought some bb guns over and we were like you know i can't use bb guns to shoot each other so we they were confiscated and found that we could actually shoot each other with them and they were airsoft guns and so i used these we, we got drunk shot each other in his in his property and uh, i was i was hooked and that was it and so out of this um what was i guess at the time a pretty low point in my life uh i found this thing called airsoft and i just, my my love of hide and seek all of a sudden became worth something and i found i was pretty damn good at it and i wouldn't change it for the world like i i lo- I, I occasionally miss trading i love i love trading i love the buzz of going into the city and 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 taking on the world every day. I loved getting up at four thirty in the morning and uh, feeling like it was me versus the world, trading the the money markets. But um, I, I miss it from time to time. But I I don't. I'm super. Like, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that that bad thing that happened in my life. And um, that's what airsoft gave me. And in uh, 2016, I. Uh, 2015 I think it was, I pinched a GoPro camera off my brother who won it in a competition and I thought I better start recording yeah. all this cool stuff I can do um, and here we are, a few years later doing it full time That's pretty awesome, how long have yeah. you had your YouTube channel now? Uh, I actually started it in 2008 I was uh, I was a DJ and promoted clubs as well on this, as a sort of side hustle and that's where the name Kicking Mustang came from I used to play old, rare, soul records black american soul music and funk music from the 60s and there was an old funk record by a band called the kicking mustangs from texas uh, quite an obscure um sort of 45 and that's where the channel came from i basically just started the channel to chuck up videos of my club nights and start promoting stuff um but then that sort of got put on the side and then i was just thinking oh, i need to do stick all these airsoft videos on youtube and I thought, what should I call myself? And I thought, I can't be bothered to start a new YouTube channel. Let's just call myself Kicking Mustang from this channel I had kicking around since 2008. And that's it.
2: That's pretty it, damn funny. That, yeah, that's a pretty unique story, dude. That's, I mean, as life is not easy, man. And you don't really have a control where it takes you. But it looks like you've, uh, no. from out of the ashes, you found some passion and some love in your life. that might be a little bit more rewarding what you were doing before.
3: Yeah, I mean, as you guys know, like the only thing that's guaranteed in life is shit things are going to happen to you. Like there's nothing yeah. like you're, you're going to have to pay taxes and something bad is going to happen to you and the people you love and you better learn how to deal with it and, and do good things yeah. and learn to enjoy life because life is short and we're all going to die very soon. And uh, that's kind of the what, what, I, what I sort of got out of that that experience. And um, I, I try to live my everyday like that.
2: The question is, is yeah. how you're,
3: you're going to, to handle it.
2: You know that that is that is the unique part about the individual is like how do you face that adversity? You know, are you going to rise to the occasion or are you going to let it defeat you?
1: So and hopefully not the latter. So yeah, what, yeah. I, I would th- I would think the uh, <clears throat> the trading side of things would be a bit more stressful than what it is when you uh, gear up and head onto the field. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> I'm sure like you said, yeah. it's definitely something that. You enjoy and it drives you, but it's definitely got to be way more stressful than what you're doing now.
3: Yeah, yeah, it can be. I was um, at one point, there was, um, I was trying to, when I was in the city trading, I was trying to, um, um, I I knew about a a market manipulation that was going on. There was a check as a vacuum firm. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it, but they were manipulating interest rate futures and I was trying to get it all, um, they were were manipulating the, the market. Um, this, was, this was this is this was a after the Libor manipulation um, and I tried to get it to the Treasury select Committee and I got caught up there was a, there was a series of articles written about me in the times about it and um, so i've always had this kind of ability i guess inside me to deal with difficult things and to do what 's right I think it's come from um, from my grandfather he was a uh, in, in the military and a police officer and he always taught me to stand up tall and and do what you believe in and uh, to deal with the tough things that happen in life. And that's kind of, yeah, I've always had it in me. I think I'm lucky. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So when so, you so-
1: when you, uh, you started playing your Airsoft stuff, kind of getting into that, and uh, how long did it take you to transition to that sort of uh, the sniper side of things? Because that's definitely, uh, you, you, of course, you're super well-known for that. I think that's definitely your niche. And, and Straight away, like it was
3: almost, yeah, almost instantly, like almost yeah. like... I think it was those plastic pump-action shotguns. That was what it felt <laughs> like sniping. You, you cock it, you pull the trigger, it hit. They go, hit, I'm hit. It's such a visceral experience. And the same with bolt-action sniping. It's a very visceral experience. You, you you cock it, you feel it, you pull that trigger, and when you land that single BB on their on the, on the their dome and you get this kind of sense of like – it's like a hole-in-one. Like you land it on their dome yeah. and they're like, ah! And they, they reaction you get. Um, and they don't know where it's come from because when you're in a ghillie sniper and you're hiding, it's this superpower. Yeah. It's like you're invisible and you, you can see them. They don't know you're there. And you pull that trigger and it just floats through the air and lands on them. And they're, they're reactions you get because it's not – they don't hurt that much, right? You might get a welt. you no. occasionally get a little bleeder. They don't really hurt. But when you don't know something's coming and out of nowhere you get this bee sting – and the reaction is hilarious. And I was hooked like using those full auto guns, those electric guns. And you guys, before we came on stream, you guys were talking about, um, the, um, the, the, the machine gun, the, the drum fed ma- guns you were using. Like for me, that, yeah, there's yeah. no satisfaction. You pull the triggers like this doesn't feel visceral. Like <laughs> I love that feeling. Those single shots. It just something about it. And I, I can't use electric guns. I can't use um, even HPA guns. I just don't get the satisfaction. that something that's just, or and it lands and it just feels yeah I love the sensation of it like holy one in golf.
2: Uh, me as a long gun guy, dude, I'm um I'm with you on that one, dude. It would be really cool. Once we uh get rich and famous, we can fly out to the states and enjoy one of our future events. And you and I can go out and just be a little sniper team and fucking shoot everyone. So that'd be yeah, a lot of fun. Let's do it this
3: year, mate. No, let's do it this year. We should do it this year.
2: We got. We'll talk offline about that stuff, man. Like, I, I definitely want to have you out here along with some others, and we just make. We're gonna run our own event. We're gonna run a De Savage Actual, and it's gonna be fucking epic. It's gonna be metal bands. It's gonna be the top airsofters. It's gonna be a lot, a lot of real special forces guys, you know. And it's gonna be fucking fun. And headshots are one hundred percent. You know, like, like the real deal. Yeah. Like headshots only, please.
3: <laughs> How did you guys get into airsoft? How did you guys like, cause you guys seem like, really passionate about airsoft. I've seen you guys do the reactions to the videos and I've seen like, you guys seem to love it. How did that, like, cause a lot of guys, you often so see we, on, on YouTube like, in the comment section, people are like join the military, do it for real, stop playing toy guns. But then you right. see guys like I, was, yourself, and I, you're like I I was that guy, man.
2: Like, to be honest with yeah. you, like old school me ten years ago, I was like Fuck it, bunch of pussies. Why don't you join the? Why don't you join the military? A bunch of grown men. It's like LARPing, and then for me, <laughs> it, it, I mean honestly, and the me as an individual, I think I went through some hardship and uh, a lot of my ego in life, like was fucking checked at the door, man. And I like I think I came at it at a different perspective. Number one, fun being guys, Patrick and I, twenty years of fucking warfare. You know, like there's nothing like really happy about it. I mean, without getting to a lot of fucking soapbox about it, but like airsoft is fun, man. You, 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 it's fucking tag for kids and adults. And you go home at the end of the day with your limbs, your eye, for the most part, <laughs> unless you're wearing, go- not wearing goggles, you know, but like you're going home and like, and it's yeah. not for the empire. It's not for king and queen. It, it's like yeah, with your mates having fucking fun. Yeah. And then you get to do it again the next day. And they're it's pretty yeah. innocent. So
1: yeah, a hundred percent when like exactly what Jason said, we, we definitely, I think I initially was a little bit more open to it than Jason was. Cause when we, it, it, it started at, when we started Savage Actual and we had probably 15 or 20 videos yeah. under our belt, most of the stuff that we were talking about was in relation to video games. And we would talk about combat stuff and those different things. And people started prodding us. Hey, you guys should play airsoft. You guys should play airsoft. So we talked about it a few times, and I think you were one of the first videos I think we ever looked at. Yeah, um, and I was like, this guy is freaking hilarious. I just exactly like what you the way you sort of talked about it is like you hiding and Jason too being a sniper. It was uh, it was an easy transition for us to look at that and just laugh about it. Um yeah, and then we did like an airsoft freak out thing, and then we did it. Came back to another one where you've got your—I think you had the MP5 um, from Swit Airsoft, and I yeah. liked that freaking gun so much. I I went on like yeah. airsoft. I went on there. I bought it, and that thing is a beast. And we actually went out to Action. an event in barn. The event Barnwell Self Care—they wouldn't let me use the gun because it was so hot, and I didn't know how to. Yeah, oh, that's it was right. Fired that's right. Way that's above. Right. What it was I'll supposed guess. to, and they're like, "You can't use this on the field," and I'm like, "Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me?" Yeah, it's a so bit small you know, I've never used it on the field.
2: Yeah, I get it. You know, I think you were James, like you were the first, and then I think a very close second was uh, Airsoft Alphonse. You guys yeah, specifically, yeah. and specifically, you to answer your question, you made it look fun, man, and and that's yeah. what pushed me over the edge—is you hiding. You know, in a ghillie suit, having guys walk right by you, and then transitioning into a fucking pistol—this looks fun. Like it just looked. There's no other word for it. Like
3: joy, yeah. And fun. Yeah, one of the before I started making videos, it was uh, I, I the whole sneaking around, the ghillie suit, the sniping, the ambushing, the that that superpower of being invisible. I wanted to put that across in in videos and to spread that love for playing that game of hide and seek. That was really hard that was the hardest thing in making videos was to put across that sense of being invisible because a lot of the time and it's not it's not on the same scale that you've done um in in the real world where if you're sniping you could be sat for days in 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 an op whereas in airsoft the longest games i've ever played uh, are 24 hours so i've been i've done games where we have been out and we have been sneaking around in ghillie suits for 24 hours but it's not the same level it's a completely like totally different level what you guys have done but to, to be able to put that sense of that excitement the adrenaline the 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 feeling that if you make one mistake you can get spotted you make the sound uh, if you move too quickly and those those enemies have got much more firepower than you they hear you they turn they're going to see you, and you're, you're just going to get wiped out to bring that sense of ex- excitement over in the videos that's what i wanted to achieve when i started doing the YouTube stuff. Um and to hear you guys appreciate that is 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 amazing really humbling. And um yeah it's very, very cool to hear you say that.
2: Yeah, of course, man.
3: Of course. It was
2: it's- they were really well edited videos and I, I love <laughs> I love seeing the male Karen's like you know, <laughs> you, you you didn't hit me or or oh yeah. You know, acting like they were just oblivious. Like it did they were blowing it off like they didn't get hit some of those arguments you got into and you, you handled the arguments pretty tactfully too and i was like
3: all right i like this guy man he's yeah uh, well I'm, I'm human i'm human I've, I've got emotions and i get caught up in the game and i'm competitive you know you don't i don't you don't yeah. go through life as a trader in the city and and doing what i do and not and i've got competitiveness in me and when you see people not taking hits and when you're a giddy sniper you've got those single shots and you know if you take more than one or two three four five shots they're going to hear the shots and you're going to get they're going to zero in your position so when they don't take that first shot no. and you have to take another follow-up and another follow-up all that hard work is just undone you spend what the videos often don't show is it can take a long long time to get in those positions a real painful slow stalk to get in those positions when you edit the videos it you have to make it watchable. Nobody wants to see you yeah. like, slowly crawling like a sloth to get in those positions. And, um, yeah, I'm human. I, I, I do react. And I, show, I like to think I show that side of me in, in the videos. Um, and drama does happen on airsoft fields sometimes. And I know that there are <laughs> people within the scene who think, oh, this is showing a bad light. We shouldn't be showing this. But no, 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 no. This stuff happens. It happens there- on the airsoft field. Just laugh about it. This is this is just stuff that's funny. It's entertainment. It makes people watch this stuff. It's it's airsoft drama. Let's let's have it. Uh,
1: there's there's one episode that you have and it's it, it stands out in my mind just because this individual, you're you look like you're almost sort of in a sitting position. I can't quite tell where you are. And I there might even be like some sort of wall or something to your left hand side. This sort of chubby guy comes out of the, comes out of the uh, woods and he's only like maybe 25 or 30 feet from you and you shoot him and he stops and he's like kind of looking around and he doesn't <laughs> see you. And then he finally sees you and he's like, I, sh- he, he looks at you and he goes, I shot you. And you're like, yes, no, no, you're yes, like, no, mate, <laughs> that it goes yeah. back and forth. And he's trying to call. You're like, you're like, you're hit. Call your hit. And he's just completely ignoring you. I'm just like, what is this guy doing? And that whole back and forth between you two had me mm. rolling. That's the one. That's the yeah. one I was talking about, dude. Yeah. That's, I was, that's
2: the one that like pushed me over the edge. I'm like, in the competitiveness that you talked about, I was like, yeah, I want to shoot, shoot all these guys
3: and repetitively. Yeah but yeah th- like that, that's sort of woke, there's, there's a there's a woke <laughs> element within the airsoft community that goes oh no you should just have a nice discussion with this guy oh excuse me no you didn't shoot him let's have a little chat about this and go and no bullshit i i worked damn hard to get in that position and i want to win this damn game shut the fuck up you haven't shot me you shot somebody else they'll piss off you know i'm, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. i'm that's how i feel and i'm sorry i'm sorry i feel like that or the no uh, no, no, no the i'm sorry thing. i feel that's just how i feel
1: <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't have to apologize because th- that's it's definitely not you. I, th- and then the, it was the another episode that we talked about. We watched specifically on the the show, and <laughs> I I laugh because you there was one guy who was running around with I don't even think he had eye pro on, bald head, shaved yep. head, like older guy. You yep. shot him in the forehead <laughs> at, at least four or five times. Not not in. He called his hits to his to his benefit. Yeah. He put his hand up and he walked back to the spawn point. But then yeah. he'd walk back out 30 feet away and he'd be over by some sort of house. And he was looking mean- for you the entire time. You yep. just kept shooting him in the head. And I was like, God, how many times? And he's just rubbing his head. He's pissed off and he's like scanning the trees. And I'm just – Jason yeah. and I were laughing our ass at that because the guy, he just kept – over and over you're just waylaying this guy and he just kept on kept on it was it was pretty funny that whole group of them i think you shot all of them at least a couple times a piece it was, yeah, it was pretty good. that did, was good. a good that
2: was a good position man i remember that video very intimately man good times and they were yeah. they were hunting for
3: you hard yeah they got it it was good and, and that was a video I, I didn't shoot the girls as well in that video there was two girls who were wandering around and i wasn't shooting them and i was shooting all the boys around them i don't, I don't know why i did that i just thought it was funny i don't know why
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh so James let's take it back even further this is a personal question for me obviously um yeah so where are you currently right now obviously I hear the accent um I know you're not in Australia uh you're in the UK like where where were you born where where do you live currently like give us that backstory man
3: um I was I was born in the east of England um in a in the fenlands it's a very very flat uh, part of the country you can see for miles um and um my family were my, my grandfather was a police officer um and he was a prisoner with um in the second world war with the japanese he built the over the bridge over the river Kwai and dug Hellfire pass and a lot of my i think a lot of what's yeah. in me comes from my respect for what he went through in his life yeah. and when he came back and he just got on like in those days like you didn't come back and you didn't get um you, you didn't get um uh diagnosed with disorders he was just like okay welcome back crack on and he joined the police force and he 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 wrote his he wrote a a little book about his life and he he wrote how he got back from um being a prisoner with the japs and he would just stuff his face he was eating peaches and drinking evaporated milk and puddings and he just he said he looked at himself in the mirror one day and just looked himself and said i'm bloated i'm just like a i'm just bloated and fat and what what am i doing my life and he joined the police force got super fit and um, he he became quite legendary around his town for up- keeping the law, and um, a lot of my influence comes comes from comes from him, I think. And I then went to university, to a degree in economics, and found myself in in the city trading, and that was pretty much my background, really. In uh, in London, yeah, no, in London, yeah. I've always I've never worked for anybody um, in my life ever since I left university. I sort of had an argument. But I was DJing and running some clubs. Um, when I left uni, I went back, and my father, he was a bit of a bit of a dickhead, actually, at the time. And he was like, right, you've got to go and get a job. And I go, what do you mean get a job? I'm like, it's, it's, it's summer holidays. I've finished. I've got my degree in economics. I'm thinking about going back to my university town and carrying on running this club and DJing and doing all this stuff. Because at the time, I was thinking of pretty decent money doing that at the time um and he said no over summer you're going to get a job there's a job down in uh, in the town as a waiter if you're going to stay in my house you're going to get a job as a waiter me being like big ego no, i'm not doing that and i had a big argument with him and at like two in the morning I went, right that's it and i walked like god knows two three hours to the nearest train station and got a train into london to my my friend Matt's and slept on his couch didn't have a penny i just had a box of records without any money I ended up getting a job as a waiter in the local cafe in london of course um and, <laughs> oh, god uh, damn it and, yeah god what am i doing here and just uh, that lasted about six, six, six weeks two months or so before i managed to land myself a gig djing um at a local bar in in london and then built up the following around london got a couple of club nights um promoting in the north of london got one in shoreditch um at the time it was quite an up-and-coming part of london it's now very trendy um, and then um, I lost I lost one of those promotions and that's that's when I got into trading the city. I've always, at that point, I I'd I'd used the money I'd built up from d- DJing and the money in my records and got got trading. And that's, yeah, I've always worked for myself, always been my own kind of, my own man. And I think I'm probably now 40, 47, 46, years, not quite 47, 46 years old. Probably unemployable. If I ever my YouTube channel got demonetized, God knows what I would do. I'm sure I'd find a way of doing something.
1: Have, yeah, have so. you ever had any issues with that? Have you ever had any issues with YouTube because it's pseudo guns and
3: all that stuff? Uh, a little bit. I, I've been demonetized on Facebook. Facebook, surprisingly, was a really good year last year facebook does monetize but they out of, out of nowhere they demonetize me for cruelty to animals no idea um i appealed it but it was on on appeal for a month they they came back to me and said yeah you're right you have never injured any animals or hurt any any animals in your videos so we're gonna re-monetize you but ever since then all of my videos have just been completely shadow banned i don't get any reach on facebook that's the only issue i've had um but youtube um i've had a one-to-one with uh, s- some people at youtube and they've they've advised me not to put links to shops selling my guinea suit if that shop sells replicas whether it's airsoft or firearm replicas or airsoft because their algo will scan through the link so if you are doing my advice to anybody who's doing youtube videos is just don't put links to airsoft shops, no matter how tempting like if Novridge offers to give you a 100 quid to put a link on his to his shop i would say really think seriously about it not like anything or if a swit airsoft i've spoke to swit and said i can't do any links anymore because this just puts the channel at risk and this is sort of the information i've had direct from from youtube and it's 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 a pretty sad state of affairs that the the, that we have to self-censor like this but um i don't know any way of dealing with that other than
1: that's interesting
3: yeah I, I believe it, man. I mean, we, we've dealt with it ourselves.
2: And, uh, you know, a lot of our friends that are making content, you know, there is a push to, you know, freedom of speech truly is at risk uh, internationally, man. And this this yep. woke environment is, you know, it's, it's not woke. It's anti. It's actually quite the opposite man it's control Mm -hmm. it's censorship it's banning it's i'm triggered my Mm -hmm. feelings are more important than fact yeah you know it's 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 fucking crazy man especially here in the states you know like it's in our constitution man like weapons are a part of yeah i mean it's all over the fucking world man Like, like weapons are a part of life that's just how it is like i don't we don't understand it man the whole there is a narrative here in america now that's that's I mean, they are pushing to get rid of guns permanently in our country. And I think for the first time in a long time, yeah. that's a real threat. So I think I, even I us
3: know, doing man. this podcast, like if I reached up here and I picked up this Airsoft toy and I brought it into the live stream now, like rest in peace this, this podcast, because YouTube will see that there's a Airsoft yep. thing toy here and that they, you, you are specifically not allowed to handle replicas in a live stream. Oh really? I that's know, the why, first yeah. I've
1: heard about that. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I had never heard anything about the that they will scan through your links and and take it to wherever. I don't think we have anything like that in our stuff. Uh, but we, I've definitely had some heated conversations with people at YouTube before, and that's the thing is we've never had copyright strikes. We've never had any issues, but they've demonetized us once already, and I was able to argue it back, but. Uh, like and no one could give me any real clear answers why um it was all very vague stuff and I'm just like <clears throat> yeah you know give me I was I, I my argument to them was like give me a specific like one other thing that was harmful content they just kept citing harmful content I said yeah, give me an example of what's harmful content and I said I'll take a look at it and if we need to delete it or clean it up let me know and they're just like well we can't tell you that because they don't it's it, terrible the yeah. way our algorithm Yeah, it's it's just like how are you gonna punish me, but not tell me exactly what I'm being punished for? You know, like your thing is so vague. And I've read through all their terms of service and their rules and harmful content. It's such a there is some specifics in it, but it's none of it applied to us. So I was like, what do you what in this rule are you applying to our channel at Savage Actual? Uh, We're we're,
3: we're at the mercy. We're at the mercy of these platforms. Like I. I don't yeah. care oh, I yeah. and F you, I want to go, I'll do it on another platform, I'll go to Rumble, I'll go and do it here, I'll go do it there. But have you started I, I putting I anything on Rumble? I have, yeah, but the, the algo, there's not enough people on there for starters, and the algo is almost like it's it's an old school kind of you have to have the subscribers and it shows <laughs> it to your subscribers. Whereas YouTube and Facebook, they you get very organic reach because they know your content is good and they'll share it unless they blackmark you and then you're completely shadow banned. So we're at the mercy of these platforms. Um, and we find ourselves in a position where we're having to navigate in an ecosystem that Yes inside I don't I mean I you you guys must have it in you. You wanna go fuck you. Like yeah. you wanna and you oh, I actually, have to navigate it.
1: <laughs> I actually got a very stern warning from uh, YouTube because I went back they won't they won't talk to me. You can't get somebody on the phone they, nope. I'm just like, I want to speak to a supervisor. I want to speak to somebody. They're like, well, no, we can't do that. This was on like their creator support chat. And then yeah. they sent me sent me an email. I responded to the email. We went back a few times and I'm just like, I was on the verge of just telling them to shove their fucking heads up their ass. And I would, I said, I said that in a very sort of frustrated, nice way. And they came back and they're like, it. Hey, your, your attitude is getting to be a little bit too abrasive. They're like, if you continue this, uh, we will delete your channel from YouTube. And I'm like, all right. I, and here's I just here's like a lack time. of
3: respect. It's like they don't respect who you are and, and what you're doing and where you nah. come from either. That, that's what I find. No, so, they, don't, dude, they don't care. Um, they don't dude, care.
2: That's the thing, man, is like, the news
3: is oversaturated.
2: How many YouTube news channels are there? It's oversaturated with fucking violence and death. And and uh, adultery and drama, you know. And here we are talking about games and fucking airsoft and these movies,
3: toy guns. The pew pew pew, dude. It's like it's come on. Yeah,
2: and that's my point. It's like you got all this shit, and that, they let that go. They could talk about know. you know transgender uh, transgender stuff to like 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 kids getting surgeries to you know all this crazy shit. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's like and then here we are talking about toy guns and BBs. You know, it's 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 fucking mind-boggling, because like my point is this some all that down is like if they let it go, they're making fucking money. Like off the advertisements, they're getting their fucking cut. Like if they check their fucking yeah. ego and look at we're just <laughs> having fucking fun, they're gonna make money. Like why would you you're you're why are you banning more pennies coming into your fucking account?
1: Well, the worst thing is, it's it's not even that, Jason. It's the, the fact that they demonetize basically just means they're not paying you. You still get commercials on your stuff. Right. You still have ad revenue going through your channel. You just don't get it anymore because it used to be. Remember, if you didn't, if you weren't monetized, you wouldn't even have any ads on your stuff. Then they're like. Jeez, well, we, we can just still put ads on their stuff. We just good
3: point anyway, them. good point. Yeah. good point. Yeah, so yeah, they're just was, like. Um, oh. I, I spoke to a, I spoke. There's a, a good friend of mine. I, I'm not going to you what her name is because I, I probably not. I probably shouldn't. But she's very um, well respected uh, social media marketing expert. And she's very <laughs> heavily involved in Facebook, and she told me that she's got a lot of clients who have had the same issues with me. With my my channel was demonetized. She said to me that she's seen that with that like I was getting on, on, um, on Facebook, the ad revenue I was getting on there was more than my YouTube. And she said to me that she's seeing a lot of people who are getting these accounts who are, are getting a lot of money coming in from them. Facebook is just turning them off because she, the, she's thinking that Facebook is giving them too much ad revenue. And for them to cut back on their costs, they're simply demonetizing these accounts, still putting ad revenue on and still assuming these people are going to still keep making the content.
1: Yeah. And then they just don't have to pay you. And that's exactly what YouTube yeah. <clears throat> did to us. And that's what they've been doing. You know, what was it was a year or so yeah. ago or when they came out with the announcement, like, Oh, we're just going to every, every video is going to have ads on it. You just won't earn any ad revenue until you have, you know, the thousand views and so many, so many hours of viewing and all that, you know, they're, they're, arbitrary idea of what it takes for you to earn something off of there I, I think that's ridiculous yeah. and it's it's definitely one-sided you're 100 percent right like we just started putting some stuff when you brought up about rumble we started putting some stuff right. on there and right. I'd, I'd honestly love to transition to another platform it's just we needs there
3: needs to be another platform a, that has the has the, the reach you know, and the people there, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: For sure, it's difficult. Sure.
3: We are swimming in we're swimming we're swimming in that their ecosystem, um, and we either have to self censor, which is the worst thing. It's the same thing like controlling language. What someone like Jordan Peterson talks about, you know, self uh, they're trying yep. to control our language, control even our thinking. Like they control, we can't do this. We can't. I can't show you this stuff that's here because it's going to mess up the live stream just thinking i can't show you these little toys because it's gonna they're not allowing us and we we think we're doing oh we're going to be smart we're going to out, out we're going to outsmart this this uh, california-based like woke platform that everyone's on and we're going to outsmart them. we're still going to talk about this stuff but that's the fact we're even self-censoring ourselves disturbs me like deeply it's 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 yeah. bullshit. Um, And and
2: piggybacking off what you just said, man, like this Hollywood, what drives, I mean, like entertainment, like movies, most of these movies are all about guns and violence and action and weapons. Or it's in there. That's all okay. That's okay. They can run those advertisements of John Wick smoking a bunch of people. You know, like violence. Yeah, that's cool, man.
3: that's That's
2: cool. But we we're doing the same thing and in a fun way and not actually hurting
3: yeah. anyone outside of, yeah. you know, some sensitive or, guys or in the it face to get big babies. Men, when, when we are boys, we have this instinct to shoot bows and arrows and to it's it's in our DNA to hunt. And we're still here you know, as 30, 40, 50, 60 year old men. We still have it in our instinct to go out and play Cowboys and Indians. If we're even allowed to say Cowboys and Indians anymore, I don't even know how to say that anymore um Cowboys and Native Americans or whatever it is. Um we're we're um and when you try to when when that is restricted and we're not allowed to to have this to 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 express these natural urges we have within ourselves, bad things happen. It's like when you try to stop kids doing you try and stop your kid playing with toy guns or or dressing up as army men the inevitable thing is they're going to go off and be army men and they'll they'll go against what their parents want them to do anyway so yeah I, i'm it's, it's 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 i find it very frustrating because i don't know how to handle it other than to self-censor and i find myself not particularly liking myself because i am self-censoring because that's not in my instinct
2: yeah i'm with you on that one man so so yeah I For think sure. transitioning out of this topic, because I think we all unanimously feel the exact same about this. Uh, so, current state 2023, you know, quarter one of 23 in the airsoft realm, like your expertise, because you're definitely an expert in this realm, man, or definitely a lot more than us. Uh, I know you're a humble guy. Like, what, where do you see airsoft? Where do you see airsoft now? what do you see airsoft like now and where do you see it going in the future, near future and long-term, uh, with weaponry, with tactics, with clothing, with you know, the whole realm of airsoft? Like, where do you see it in the next
3: five years? I, I it a lot depends what country you're in. So I see guys, I'm, um, I, I see some, I've got some very good friends in, in America. Who take airsoft very seriously and they use it as um, force on force training. There can't be any better force on force within within say fifty meter engagement ranges. There can't be any better force on force training than airsoft, and those guys take it seriously. Um, In the UK, it's 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 more of a leisure pastime because obviously we don't have any access to real steel. Um, There's not really any need for that kind of Training and it's just a leisure activity um across europe it's it's something that, yeah that that sort of thing but in south in south africa there's probably a that's probably the most um vibrant scene i have visited in south africa for some reason the the enthusiasm for the game and um it reminds me of airsoft 10 years ago in the uk um where it's slightly less commercial but it's still it's on south africa a huge scale And because it's in south africa there aren't the the there aren't so many rules so in the uk there's this there's this i call it rule creep so you get people moaning about things moaning about headshots so one site will introduce uh uh, uh no no headshots no deliberate headshots under any circumstances it's okay if you got your head showing but don't do it deliberately and that then when so someone gets flicked in the head inject- yeah you know, can we talk about that real quick? Because that's gotten a huge. That's a huge
1: thing that I see. Besides just your the regular stuff you do your channel, I've seen on Reddit, I've seen on your Instagram, fucking I've Reddit. seen all over the place people talking. Yeah, fucking Reddit. People talking about you and the headshot thing. How did how the hell did this stuff spin up with you? Like people wanting to ban
3: you from fields for this. The headshot thing, is probably like it's hard i don't feel comfortable saying this but because it's not i'm not it's it's rooted in jealousy look these these guys in the uk there was never a big youtube channel there was there was guys with with smallish subscribers until i came along and then i came along and blew up and i'd been on the scene for for years many years before i did youtube content and i was known on the scene before i did youtube content and when I blew up, I think there was a bunch of jealousy and they were just looking for a hook to hang their outrage onto. And And headshots was the obvious thing. Oh my God, look at him deliberately trying to headshot people. He's injuring people and hurting them and he's making videos out of it. Oh my God, we can't have this. And they were just hanging their, their outrage on this hook and it was the obvious thing. Um, it, it's not a big thing in any other country. The only reason I think that is, is because I'm based in England um, and... <laughs> Uh, that's that's where it's come from. It's nothing more than them just being jealous, and they want to be outraged. They want a virtue signal that, oh, I would never do that because I'm I'm much more virtuous than he was. He's only he's only popular because he wants to injure people with headshots. Uh, it's just yeah. virtue signalling. It's classic airsoft. It's classic justice warrior. I call them airsoft justice warriors. Virtue signalling um and if they want if they, wa- they want to do that if they want to play that bullshit card um I, I will i will happily clickbait the fuck out of them and send my videos viral and um now, so it's, it's, a, it's a uk thing you don't get it in america you don't get it in south africa in fact in south africa there's there's the rules like when you go to these places there's a there's a johannesburg um, abandoned hospital in um in south africa where we play nine story multi-building an abandoned insane like there's windows and awesome. doors and players if if they want to go through windows butter the rifle smash it open through doors lock kick it through you know there's glass there's metal there's open manhole covers as you might have seen in the video i fell down where the guys in the shanty town are going there nicking the metal to sell for scrap metal for two pence to buy themselves a you know some food and and it's it's the rules are there's there's the rules are like right guys this is dangerous If you're under 12 years old don't leave the sight of an adult if you hit say hit go and play the game um and that for me like it's kind of what airsoft should be because it doesn't hurt it's just a flick for heaven's sake there's there's this in the uk there's there's this rule creep you people moan about stuff and they moan enough and the organizers go okay we'll implement a little rule here no headshots okay now we'll implement a bang rule If you say bang, bang, the person has to take the hit. Like, no, like we're here to shoot each other. It barely bloody, like, I don't get this bang, bang rule. I've never got it. Like, I I got, I
2: got an an answer for all your, the UK haters for you that are listening right now. Like there's a game called the Sims on, on the internet, Xbox, like just, just play, stay at home, like get Mm. in a little plastic bubble and, uh, you know, live with your mom. Have her make some meatloaf yeah. for you, and like, just never leave the fucking front door. Like, is yeah, it's a fucking game. Like, if you're gonna whine about it, play something else. Like, it's not a hundred percent. The 100%. problem
3: is though, you say that you you say that right. The, the problem is that they do whine, and then the organizers are so petrified that they're going to lose a couple of biz- people from their business. And, oh, my God, they're moaning about this guy because he's headshotting people and they're saying they're not going to turn up at the field unless we ban him. And then there's this cancel culture created. And then I find I'm banned from, like, 47 fields, like 42 of them I've barely heard of, let alone been to. Like, it doesn't affect me. Um, But there's this this rule. You see it in society. You see it on YouTube. You see it on – we were just talking about it earlier, this this kind of slow creep of self-censorship. And I see other content creators. There's a couple of UK guys, and I saw a video this guy posted – I'm not going to say who it is, but you can see some guys there were were blatantly cheating, and he was like cutting the video to show to try to cover up the fact they were cheating. Because I know this field has instructed him: we will not have any cheater videos; otherwise, you will be banned from the field. So it's like this self: who can like if someone's cheating, I will clickbait the crap out of them. Like, why not? Yes, all about. Why? Send the video viral. Like, do it like so what and, and the guy the guy goes oh sorry yeah i've been busted be humble say i got busted lol you've sent me viral nice one mate never i'm sorry i won't do it again and like and that's it move on with life
0: this has been savage actual jason and patrick are two former special operations guys who interview interesting guests who talk about video games, airsoft, and military subjects. Basically, they drink a lot of beer, talk about shooter games, and have fun. What's not to love? We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And the fellas will be back soon. But in the meantime, find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Savage Actual. Y'all be cool, and we'll see you next time.